Welcome to Stock Odds, Odds and End Podcast. This is Dave and Rob getting ready for the week ahead. Good evening, Rob. Good evening. The Dave and Rob show here. We're coming to you on a Sunday. Um, we'd like to do this on a Saturday, but uh, last couple of times it's uh, been uh, other things that have interfered. So um, our apologies. We'd like to get it to you sooner, but hopefully you get a chance to audit this before uh, the start of trading tomorrow. So we'll get... Uh, going here um so reviewing uh, friday's performance you can see that uh, all the sectors here were down those are that's the broader market sectors not necessarily the s p 500 but uh, i could see technology was the one that uh, took it on the chin the most uh with cyclical so um you know it was really a risk off day on friday and it was expiration so our seasonality had it pegged as a down day, and it did not disappoint uh, us in that respect. Um, and it was a pretty uh, a large expanded trading range session, so we'll look at that in a, a moment. For the week, technology uh, still came in at the bottom, and utilities was uh, you know a change that and we saw that the week previous as well that utilities were springing back because they had been lagging all year. Um, so we see them kind of popping up during challenging times and and times of uh, more concern. I would say that uh, the markets have seen greater risk elements come into play. And uh, although it's September, which is historically a softer a month than the other months of the year, um, we have we saw a, a beautiful rally into the end of uh, July with some window dressing and so on. Pretty robust earnings season, uh, but we turned the corner in August and we've been sort of sliding down since then. You know, even though it's not been a massive correction yet, uh, we're, we're not done September. And then we get into the most volatile month of the year, which is October, and anything can happen there rallies or sell offs. So, um, you know, get yourself familiar with this, and there can be some reversals after expiration like maybe not as strong for september although we just had a quarterly expiration but we always keep our eyes open for is there a potential change in the week following expiration you know did it did you have a down week did it end on a sour note okay is it potential that it can bounce back and the answer is yes uh of course no guarantees but uh certainly something that we look for etf performance um so as you could see we can go into the market etfs diamonds russell uh 2000 iwm q's nasdaq 100 and the spy s p 500 the four market etfs um, all down with uh, q's being the one that uh, was down the most on friday and uh, and then again for uh, the week we can see that uh, Q's and spy were tied for the week and this isn't open to close like open of the week to the close of the week this is uh basically the close of the friday to the close of friday so it's all based on a close to close basis here now continuing down everything um, in the terms of the sector etfs was also down with technology xlk down the most followed by discretionary so really again a risk off 
week. And for the week, we did see um, a slight um, boost for, uh, sorry, this is, this is the day, this is the day, and now we're back to the week here. So we did have some things positive for the week. XLK was not one of them, um, but uh, XLP, so defensive, X, XLRE, uh, real estate, XLU utilities, um, you know, took it as the winning sector spider ETF, uh, followed by XLY, largely driven by Tesla, um, that uh, did, has done pretty well, both for the, the month and for the week. Um, so again, XLK was down the most for uh, for the week as well as for Friday. Okay. Uh, moving on, this is the 15-minute chart uh, of the SPY for the week. We finished last Friday with this crazy 15-minute bar. And then uh, Monday morning, we popped up to open here, pulled back slightly, kind of held in there all right, so elevated compared to the previous week's close. Um, and then Tuesday, we had, um, you know, ended up filling the gap later in the day or midday and then sold off um, and then closed, you know, with a little bounce back. Next day, it had some rolling back and forth. And then we come in Thursday, which was the first day of mid-month seasonality, which, as we talked about, wasn't uh, supposed to be slated too strong. Uh, but it uh, it became a, a rally monkey day, so we we pushed up. That gave us a pretty big premium for expiration Friday, which was expected to be down. So you actually had two compounded seasonalities. You had still mid-month seasonality signaling down, and you had expiration signaling down. So it's great to have some premium prior to that type of uh, setup. Um, and so it did not disappoint. We ended up... Um, having some high signal uh, on the sell-off here. So uh, sliding down the lower Bollinger Band and breaking levels like this bar here. So pretty high signal and closed relatively close to the low of the day. So that's how we finished for the week. This is the a map of the market. Again, it's for the week and you can see Tesla's performance at 10.42, again, driving the consumer cyclical or we relate to it as consumer discretionary okay um we had bad performance for the week from apple based on sort of the lack of adoption of, of you know well lower sales really with uh products in the u.s and then of course the chinese ban uh, didn't help anything um, so that's Apple uh, pulling things down. Oracle had a bad week. Adobe had a bad week. AMAT. So a lot of the semiconductors and uh, IT area was, was hit. Um, contrary to that, banks were doing pretty well. I think on the back of expecting maybe rates to stay higher for longer, Maybe even putting on a table, maybe the Fed will uh, will do one one or two more hikes. Who knows? But um, they they were they were strong, and um, 
And then utilities, of course, you see some good strength there. So a lot of a lot of interesting mix in some of the groups, like you know, industrials, for example, GD, NOC, some of the aerospace. You know, it's it's really interesting to see a contrast of like RTX down 9.2%, where NOC Northern Grumman up 2.55, or General Dynamics up 2.84. So I always find that interesting. The haves and have-nots of the group. And uh, let's roll into a review. We did it last week, but just review because we're still in mid-month seasonality until what, Wednesday? Yeah. Yeah. 9th, 10th, 11th, 12th, 13th, 14th. So uh, we're still, uh, we've got mid-month seasonality, but now we do wait the first two days of seasonality. And so it's the 9th through 14th business day. So we kind of wait the first two heavier, but it may continue. It's, it's possible. So you want to familiarize yourself with uh, some of these groups again. Um, anything, Dave, that uh, you want to remind people of for uh, exposure here? Um, uh, well, really, it's like the next um, days one through two are the heaviest in terms of that. Yeah. Seasonality, yeah. but um, we could still see, see an extension of it for the next three days. Right. Now, we did see a little bit of weakness in XLE uh, last week compared to some of the other uh, sectors. Now, oil has been strong, but the energy sector itself pulled back. Um, and this is saying for mid-month seasonality, though, that it's only 37.5 chance of going down. So make sure when you're looking at these things, you're incorporating both the odds of this average performance occurrence. So um, what's stronger would be 75 or 80 for a move, right? So we saw that last week XLC did did pretty good. Um, so we're still in, still in mid-month seasonality. That still might be kind of the umbrella context over it. Um, so keep that in mind that it could kick in. So that's what's helpful about it is, is that even if you have the probability of something declining, but it's actually stronger, but the seasonality window is still open, it could happen later in that seasonality window. So just familiarize yourself with that again. So that was the ETFs. And then also, here's the um, symbols. Um, Fri Sorry, Friday, was Friday was dead on with the Almanac, and it was a very weak day. Right. <clears throat> we gapped down right. and kept getting weaker. So the third Friday Almanac data was correct, and also the mid-month uh, was pretty dead on as, as well. Yeah. So, I mean, it, 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 and we still have some time to go in that. So we, we tend to look at seasonality as a pretty good probability umbrella and maybe even stronger than some of the other right indicator based stats but that doesn't mean that it's always going to work and it depends on how you how you get there if you have premium ahead of a decline expected well that's great if you have discount ahead of a rally expected that's great so just uh, run through and frame it and some of these choices will be better uh, setups than others okay 
So the stocks, you just again want to find the ones that are aligned with the ETFs. So you're looking for the worst performing stocks in an ETF for the short side or the best performing stocks in an ETF for the long side. Economic calendar, run through some of that, Dave. Yeah, throughout the week, there's a couple themes, a little bit of housing data early in the week, um, jobless claims later in the week, and um, just, the, just the conditions of the services and manufacturing data on Friday. But the key thing this whole week is going to be about the Fed decision on Wednesday. It's a two-day meeting, starts on Tuesday, and then Wednesday at 2 p.m. we get the, the interest rate decision, followed by a 2.30 p.m. Um, press conference with Chair Powell. And then also Friday, we have some more Fed speak. Uh, there's a Lisa Cook, um, Minneapolis Fed, San Francisco Fed. So Fed, Fed talk and the interest rate decision is really going to color the week. Color the week. But um, mark, market really thinks that there's not going to be um, a change in interest rates this time. There's a 97% chance that the Fed will keep rates the same, according to the CMC, CME uh, Fed Watch tool. But if there's a surprise rate increase, that can oh, yeah. throw, the, throw the market off. So. <laughs> that, that'll, that'll give us a party, all right. Uh, if they actually come and do a 25 hike, that would uh, shock the market because it has not been anticipating that. Mm -hmm. um, and we've been already getting a decline coming into this meeting. So, you know, uh, that means there's other risk factors circling that would be something that could uh, break the camel's back for a sh probably a short-term decline if that happens. So again, very low probability of, of any hike, but hey, that you know never can be sure. That's why it's 97% and not 100 guaranteed, right? And, uh, so, um, and then we have that PMI on, PMI on Friday, which may, you know, may have something to it. So we'll see. All right, here's some notes I put together. So potential government shutdown that could harm investor confidence and growth. So this is, uh, I mean, we do have the budget that, you know, has to be sort of in place by the end of September. So September 30th. And um, so we're on the, that's still something that's circling here. We have the UAW strike against all three legacy Detroit automakers for General Motors and Stellantis, and they're demanding, uh, you know, job security and better wages. And these unionized workers are utilizing a tape, a tight labor market, inflation and other risks to give them leverage. Uh, beyond the UAW, this could empower other unions presenting risk to the economy, right? Did you see that happening, Dave, where uh, this sort of sets a precedent and empowers other unions to also fight. Would that not be uh, inflationary? Totally. The wages aren't going to just go up and nothing happens. It's going to be spread to the consumer. For sure. So uh, we could be in for quite an interesting you know, year. And also that uh, the government's policy is that it's supporting these workers. So... In Biden's address, he did say that, uh, you know, the record profits of these companies should be spread to the uh, employee. And I'm not going to say that's right or wrong. I mean, I'm just saying that that's the stance of the government that's behind this. So that's certainly going to empower other unions. 
North Korea is selling munitions to Russia after meeting with Putin and Kim. Um, so there's already been, I think, some of that, but uh, it will increase. And um, that could present, present more hot war risk uh, down the road. Um, meanwhile, it's probably going to support the Russia-Ukraine uh, thing. But um, anyway, we don't like to see that going on. Um, in its biggest antitrust challenge yet, Google is being sued by the Justice Department and state attorneys general, possibly resulting in a 25-year-old company being broken up. So uh, that's uh, that's interesting, along with Apple, as we mentioned earlier, facing declining U.S. sales and Chinese regulatory curbs. You know, both these mega caps, uh, if they're under pressure, are going to set some tone and, and change some sentiment and, and possibly help pull the market down. Many corporations will be hurt by higher interest rates when they have to refinance next year. Many aspects of refinancing cannot be done in an orderly fashion with these elevated rates. And we expect rates to stay higher for longer, even if there's no hikes, any more hikes, it's going to stay elevated for longer. So this is going to be put tremendous pressure. So when you combine this with, um, you know, the economic reports that have been put out over the last year, and then we see these revisions being sneaked in, like it seems sneaky to me because when no one's looking, there's a revision and that revision might be telling the real story. Um, I wonder if, you know, the narrative can stay uh, sort of optimistic when there's other things circling behind the scenes. Now we're going into 2024, which is an election year. So typically in an election year, the uh, incumbents, they pull out all the stops to support the economy and do what they need to do to uh, get the votes and stay in power, blah, blah, blah. So, uh, you know, that's, it wouldn't surprise me if there's some bullish things that can happen and, you know, some sort of form of stimulus or, I mean, you could get another pandemic come along and then stimulus comes along as a result of that, but it could support the upside in the market. Um, but other than that, there seems to be a lot of things swirling around for the downsides. Putting together some notes here. Credit card rates are rising in combination with delinquency rates. IRS is hiring 3,700 employees to target large corporations and complex partnerships. This comes from Biden's Inflation Reduction Act, which had a budget, which is a budget of tens of billions of dollars for the IRS to go after tax cheats. Not saying that these corporations are cheating, but the examinations on 75 of the largest U.S. partnerships will open at the end of this month. How do you feel about that, Dave? Is that a, a bullish or is this kind of a concern for investors? That's concern for investors. It's expensive to fight these things. There's concern. They're going to take different actions, expensive actions to prevent any scrutiny. So it's it's not good for business. No. And, and you know, the budget, this, this is the budget of tens of billions of dollars is your tax money, right, going after them. 
And then they're going to have to spend money, like you said, to fight it. So then they're going to pass on those costs to you. So again, this is not only concerning, it's also inflationary. <laughs> so almost everything in the act is inflationary rather than deflationary. Yeah, it says uh, Inflation Reduction Act. Okay, all right, yeah. <laughs> Even bigger than Evergrande, collapsing home values threaten to harm China's economy. This could have a significant consequence on global growth. So it used to be said that when China sneezed, we caught the flu. I haven't seen it to that extent in recent years, but uh, it's still it's still possible and it's still... Uh, sets a you know sentiment and a tone um so anyway that's just some notes and there's more things out there swirling um we have oil prices rising again and uh that we don't see the top of that quite yet um us dollar another thing to watch treasuries another thing to watch so um anyway that's that so we got one more thing to show yeah this is a kind of, if you, if you use FinViz or not, but I find this an underutilized area. So often you use the screener to sort things and find things, but there's this under the maps, you've got the bubbles, not just the map that we typically show, but the bubbles area. But you can set your um, x-axis and your y-axis with all these different things, okay? So a great area to play around with. So for example, the y-axis I have as, or sorry, the x-axis I have down here as the simple moving average and the y-axis as the target price. So here's a, you know, Tesla's target price, right? Where is it related to its simple moving average? So the size of the bubbles is the market capitalization. Right. So you can look at the different sectors by color, the different stocks. You can mouse over, see an actual chart of it and so on. You can see how it's arrived there. But you can also select and do different things like um, maybe you want to do. Uh, let's see. Maybe you want to do one week performance because we just came out of a one week performance. And on the y-axis, you want to do, um, what should we do, Dave? So we could do, um, I mean, you could do PE or something like that. Well, that, that's kind of backed out. Let's do something else here. Um, market cap. How about you could do relative volume to see if anything pops out there. So it's like one week performance along with relative volume. So this had really high relative volume. So it, it performed for the week, you know, substantially. So this is zero point here. So this is performing negatively and this is performing positively. But did, did they do it on really high relative volume? Well, this one was up 2% on really high volume. You can see the volume spike on the chart right there. LNC also up on significant volume. This one was down on significant volume. All right, so that's something you can do. Um, you also could do compare 
the one week performance to the one month. So this is one month performance here, and here's one week. So Tesla has, for the one week we already mentioned earlier, over 10% performance, but also for the month, you're sitting at over 20%. So, you know, what I, what you could then do is, is go take some of these outlier things in a, and pop them into stock odds and see what it's saying for the next five days, for the next week. Um, so there's, you know, like I said, the screener is one way to get your attention, but you got to sort through a lot more information. Sometimes the bubbles um, just help you pick out something that you find interesting. And with all of these different filters to set it here, um, it's quite uh, interesting. And you can also, you know, focus in on the bubble, change the bubble, bubble color, or you can change the index if you just want to look at the NASDAQ 100, for example, get rid of some of the other noise. Um, if you want to just focus on a sector and say, okay, you know, I'm really interested in say the utilities, I want to see how they're how they're laid out, right? I want to focus on, we don't have much utilities in the uh, NASDAQ 100, so we'll put it back on the 500, right? I want to see how the utilities all relate to each other. What's this NRG doing way down here, hmm. right? What's AES doing down here? And then it brings your attention to say, what might it do the following week or the next day or, so hope that helps, but there's, I mean, tons of things to play with here, right? You can get lost in this for hours and hours and hours, but maybe you can set up a screen and, and save it so that you, you know, you load your preset so that you can always quickly get your information. And, and uh, all of a sudden I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm interested here. We've got one month performance for this NRG at 5%, right? But the one week performance, you know, was was down here at 1% minus 1%, right? So it didn't it didn't participate with these other things. So how did it get there? Let's take a look. Right? So I I find it uh, I find it very helpful, very useful and uh, just wanted to point that out that I think it's really underutilized and it might be of some assistance to you, okay? Anything else, Dave? Oh, you got no. some earnings on any earnings next week? Yeah, Anything popped out? Yeah, two key earnings on Wednesday. There's FedEx and then Thursday, okay. garden restaurants. So gives us okay. insight. Fed FedEx could be impacted by, you know, the rising prices of energy recently. We've had, you know, about this last quarter has been a little bit elevated from what it was before. So it might, might play into it. Um, also, uh, FedEx. Um, could be having faced more elevated costs in some areas um, or may, because of rising costs, had reduction in business um, because people are shipping less because of the elevated costs. So it could be an interesting earnings uh, for that. Darden's Restaurant, are people starting to taper off on their eating out because of you know, they burn through their savings, their uh, credit cards, 
rising, you know, uh, getting full again? Are they starting to uh, back off from eating in restaurants? So something to look at. Okay. All right. Well, thank you, Dave. Appreciate it. Have a good, good night.